From sunny Minnesota, this is the Polaris Podcast, brought to you by the Polaris Help Center. I am Joe Zemer, and I am not an expert. We've established that over the course of this podcast. But that statement's never been truer than it is today, because I just don't know a ton about snow biking. But not to worry, we've got an expert joining us shortly. Today, we're going to learn all about timber sled and the world of snow biking. And providing the education will be timber sled product specialist Brock Bolin. Whether you're looking for a new power sports hobby or just curious, I think you'll learn a lot from this conversation. So let's get Brock on the line and talk timber sled. We've been promising a deep dive on timber sled for a few months, and at long last, here it is. And to talk timber sled with us, we have a first-time guest. Brock, thank you so much for joining us. Would you mind giving us a quick introduction to yourself and your role with timber sled? Sure, yeah, no problem. So my name is Brock Bolin. I am a product specialist uh, at Timber Sled, and I've been snow biking since 2010. I was working for a dealership for that was selling Timber Sled basically since it was introduced, and I was able to connect with uh, Timber Sled on a job opening and moved over to corporate in uh, October of last year. Awesome. So what we wanted to do today was give our listeners who aren't familiar with snow biking sort of a crash course on the basics. So let's start with the most basic of basic questions. And that's Brock. What is snow biking? Well, generically speaking, snow biking is converting a dirt bike for over the snow use by installing a ski and spindle on the front and a track kit on the back. So can you then give us the brief history of timber sled? Yeah, sure. So timber sled was founded in 2002 by a gentleman with the name of Alan Mangum. Timber Sled uh, created and built industry-leading aftermarket snowmobile suspensions in Sandpoint, Idaho, culminating in the industry-leading mountain tamer rear skid. Uh, it was very popular amongst uh, performance snowmobilers, especially in mountainous terrain, um, really designed for higher horsepower machines, and really was revolutionary in the first of its kind. In 2009, Alan and his team uh, decided to build their first prototype snowbike kit uh, using the patented Mountain Tamer rear suspension geometry uh, bolted into a welded chromoly frame to convert it onto a dirt bike. They used a cut-down 121-inch snowmobile track and a fabricated front spindle and snowmobile ski completed the conversion. Um, the prototypes performed incredibly well for them. They dominated the mountains and deep snow terrain. His idea worked so well that they decided to go to market with it. So in 2010, the first production mountain horse kits were produced, and a dealer network was established. Kit volumes more than doubled year over year as popularity of this modern snow bike grew. Then in 2015, Polaris acquired Timber Sled. They continued innovation, accelerated growth, and vastly expanded the dealer network. Polaris, uh, shortly after ownership, um, started refining Allen's original mountain horse design. And, and until 2018, when they released an entirely new chassis called the Arrow. Alongside the new chassis came a host of other improvements, including a new track, new ski, and a new spindle, to name a few. Really improved and revolutionized the snow bike industry, and that it optimized the bike's performance by making more efficient use of the engine's power. It delivered easy and responsive handling and dramatically improved deep snow performance. In 2019, Timbersled released the game-changing Timbersled Riot platform. It raised the bar 
of snow biking, can, giving consumers a true dirt bike riding experience on the snow. In 2020, Timbersled released the industry's first three-inch track. Um, they installed it on the Aero platform and dubbed it the Aero 3. This three-inch track completely changed the game for snow biking in deep snow mountainous terrain. It allows them to access terrain that simply was uh, difficult to reach in the past. In 21, we released the three-inch track uh, in the Timbersled Riot platform, which uh, again raised the bar by offering that dirt bike-like fun factor of the Timbersled Riot and the deep snow performance of the Aero 3. Awesome. So you mentioned you were an experienced snow biker. How did you get into snow biking in the first place? Yeah, so great question. In 2010, basically shortly after the, the first production kits were built, um, Alan uh, brought a demo fleet of his mountain horse kits over to a local riding area and invited the dealership I was working at to come try them out. That day I rode it and I was instantly hooked. Shortly thereafter, we agreed to start selling them at the dealership. So we ordered a couple kits, we built a demo bike, and it just exploded from there. And I've been riding snow bikes ever since. So what would be the best way for me or a new rider to get into snow biking if we've never done it before? Try one, for sure. Check out our Try Timbersled webpage. We've got a lot of great resources on there. I mean, contact a local dealer for a demo or find a local rental operator and spend a day on one. Uh, we also have a large team of ambassadors who can help facilitate uh, introduction to timber sled and learning how to ride. Do I need to have experience with a dirt bike? And, and how steep is the learning curve for a new rider? Timber sled snow bikes are incredibly easy to ride. Um, the learning curve is very quick. Uh, most riders pick it up within a few hours. Dirt bike experience is helpful, but certainly not necessary. So what exactly is the best environment for snow biking? Do I need to be in the mountains or deep snow, or is this something I can do wherever I would normally snowmobile or something like that? No, it's a common misconception that snow bikes in general do not do well on trails. In fact, they're a blast to ride on virtually every type of terrain. I love ripping down the trail with my buddies. It's like we're on a motocross track, and they handle incredibly well there. While I do love to rip on the trails, steep mountain terrain is where the timber sled snow bike shines. They side hill like you're riding on flat ground, and they can cover even the most extreme terrain very quickly. So we should maybe talk about the host bike, too. What are the host bike requirements if I'm going to have a timber sled kit installed? Pretty much any modern water-cooled dirt bike uh, that's a 250cc and above uh, will work for a timber sled. Um, we do offer fit kits to fit a wide range of models, engine sizes, and brands. Um, if there's a specific question on will it fit a certain model, you can refer to our fitment tables um, to look and see if we make a fit kit for it. We do make installation kits for both two-stroke and four-stroke bikes. The 450 motocross four-stroke seeming to be the most popular. 250 and 300 two-stroke bikes are popular as well as the 250 and 350 four-strokes work extremely well. So if I have a dirt bike that works and I want to try this, what all do I need to get? Do I just go to a dealer and buy an Aero or, or are there other things I'm going to need to buy along with that kit? Another great question. The timber sled kit itself is universal. Um, utilizing an installation kit to adapt it to your host bike. So you will definitely need an install kit um, that's model specific for your particular make, model, and year of motorcycle. Um, there are some additional accessories which will help complete the timber sled experience, but certainly are not mandatory. 
The only thing that would be mandatory for that would be the install kit. So from a, a purchasing standpoint, we often hear about snow check if we're buying a snowmobile. If I want to buy a timber sled kit, do I need to wait until snow check or can I buy these models year round? You can buy them year round. Uh, the snow check program is really designed to be a pre-order program in the spring for exclusive models and to guarantee delivery in the fall. But in-season models are available year long at, the, at your local dealer. Um, you can see your local dealer or timbersled.com to locate one or for more information. So you talked us through before the kind of the evolution of some of the models Timbersled has produced. How do I decide which Timbersled model I need and what resources would you recommend to help me out in that decision? Well, the simplest thing would be to call our Timbersled Product Pros hotline. Uh, we have a team uh, at the factory in Idaho that is there during the week to answer questions you may have on model selection. Um, we work pretty well every day with people trying to help them decide which model is, is right for them. Some other resources would be on our Timbersled webpage. We have a choose your Timbersled tool. So it will help riders identify which model would be the best choice by walking them through riding style, terrain, um, which are the two biggest factors in considering when choosing a Timbersled kit. All right, to follow up on that quick, Brock, what is your favorite Timbersled model to ride? And do you have a favorite location to ride? I do, yeah. So I really, really enjoy riding the Arrow 3. Uh, I rode the Arrow 137 um, for years. And then when Timbersled released the three-inch track on the on the Arrow platform, I switched to it. And it is by far my favorite kit to ride. Um, it is extremely agile, being the 129-inch track length. But yet the three-inch paddle allows you to access extreme terrain uh, with ease. Very, very fun kit to ride. My favorite place to ride would be the Flathead Valley in Montana. Uh, is my local riding area. And we just have a host of, of really fun terrain that we can access basically right out my back door. And, uh, yeah, it's just a great place to ride and, and, and some awesome scenery and, and some great terrain. So how difficult is it to install a timber sled kit? Is this something I'm capable of doing at home in my garage? Absolutely. Yeah, the, uh, the average install time on a timber sled for a beginner do-it-yourselfer would be approximately around two hours. It can be completed uh, with a basic tool set and normal you know, garage, household garage kind of an atmosphere. So um, nothing more than really a dirt bike stand, some basic wrenches. Um, the only specialized tool that it would be required would be a torque wrench. Very simple install. What about when we get to maintenance? Because that's a key part of owning any vehicle. What's the in-season maintenance schedule going to look like for a timber sled? Absolutely. So try to keep it out of the weeds here. But basically, a stock dirt bike computer uses water temperature as an input to the fueling table. Uh, running the dirt bike in the winter while snow biking, um, the water temps are obviously pretty low and can cause overfueling as the bike's computer is thinking it needs to be running in the choke mode to warm up. So this overfueling can um, tend to dilute the engine oil over time uh, with gasoline. So what we want to do is be very vigilant on changing the engine oil. So if there's one thing I would say that uh, is different than a typical dirt bike use in the summer would be the frequency of the oil changes. I usually try to recommend every every ride or every other ride on changing the oil. Simply watching the sight glass for raising oil levels is a good indication of, of when we need to change it. We can help compensate for this overfueling by installing um, a couple accessories like we talked about earlier 
um, in the thermostat kit to help slow the water flow down um, and in turn get some more runtime out of each oil change. Other than that, uh, lubrication of your drive chains and proper adjustments and keeping an eye on your track and high packs and the front skags on the ski would be the additional um, required maintenance. So do you have any other advice for anyone out there who's thinking about getting into snow biking? Yeah, so snow biking is extremely fun, um, but obviously not without risk. Proper protective gear for the rider is required. Besides the obvious cold weather gear, a good quality helmet and goggles, boots. I recommend knee guards and a chest protector that definitely should be worn. Um, and then if you're recreating in the mountains, I would strongly suggest getting some avalanche training, avalanche gear, and know how to use it. Good resources, avalanche.org. It's a great place to start. Um, you can also take a motorized specific avalanche class, preferably a level one, and practice with your gear frequently. Awesome. Brock, thank you so much for the timber slot education. Let's do this again soon, huh? Yeah, no problem. Anything else, don't hesitate to reach out. A huge thanks to Brock for his time and knowledge. And a huge thanks to all of you for downloading, listening, and subscribing. As always, if you feel like leaving us a five-star review, that would be much appreciated. If you're new, welcome to the podcast. Make sure you check out our archived episodes to learn more about Polaris and Polaris vehicle ownership. You can find some helpful resources in the description of this episode. Among them, you'll find links to the Timber Sled Help Center and the Timber Sled YouTube channel. And you'll find the link to contact us. Because if you have a question or an idea for a future episode, we want to hear from you. Then stay tuned for more episodes. Until next time, this has been the Polaris Podcast. Hi, you've reached Joe. Sorry I missed your call. Please leave me your name, your number, and a short message, and I'll get right back to you. Thanks, and have a great day. Straight to voicemail. Okay, Joe, you need to tell them that the Polaris Help Center is their first stop for vehicle information, maintenance tips, and how-to videos. All they have to do is look for the Help button in the upper right-hand corner of any Polaris brand website. They also need to remember that all riders should always wear helmets, eye protection, and protective clothing and footwear. Read, understand, and follow their owner's manual. Never ride under the influence of drugs or alcohol. And always ride within the limits of your own abilities and never engage in stunt or exhibition driving. Next time, answer your phone. Okay, bye.